Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. Hey everyone, it's Tom Caffarella with Agent Investor, the only brand that helps real estate agents get off the real estate roller coaster. And if you're like me, when you were selling real estate, your income was always going up and down and up and down, and you were always worried about when your next transaction was going to close. And you're always worried about when your next client is going to sign up with you. Investing in real estate and achieving financial freedom not only gets you in a better position for yourself, for your family, uh, for your mental well-being, but it gives you security. What would it be like if you woke up on January 1st and you already had five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars of passive income coming in every single month, so that no matter what the market was doing, no matter whether your friend used you as an agent or not, whether you wanted to go on vacation or not, you would still be able to survive. That's what being an agent investor is all about. And we teach strategies, techniques, and tools on how to help agents do this, regardless of whether or not you've ever invested in real estate or not, regardless of whether or not you have any money or not to start. And today's topic for today is we're going to talk about why we don't buy properties on the multiple listing service. This is a question that I legitimately get asked almost every single day, at least three or four times a week especially now that we've rolled out our agent partnership program. And before I go into the topic for today, I do want to announce that we have just officially launched the date, time, location for our next event, which is going to be held in March of 2024. For all of our events, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, you can always see what our next upcoming in-person event is by going to www.agentinvestorevent.com. So if you go to www.agentinvestorevent.com, you'll see our latest event that we're going to have March 13th, 2024, called our Agent Investor Passive Income Partnership and Apartment Tour Event. Okay, so if you're listening to this in you know, March 13th, 2024 is in the future, Check it out. If you're listening to this episode and it's you know well past that date, you can always figure out what our next event is, what the topic is, what the location is by going to www.agentinvestorevent.com. So this event that's coming up on March 13th, 2024 from 10 to 1 p.m. is going to be likely located. We have yet to actually book the hotel, but it's going to be somewhere in and around the apartment building that we're going to be touring in Wakefield, Massachusetts. So again, the name of the event is the Passive Income Partnership and Apartment Property Tour. Uh, at the end of the day, almost everybody who listens to this show, everybody who follows Agent Investor or follows me on Facebook is an agent who wants to get off the real estate roller coaster. Maybe you want to still sell real estate, maybe you don't, but regardless, you want to have enough passive income coming in on a monthly basis to pay your bills. We're going to talk about how you can truly earn passive income and show you a roadmap that anybody can follow, regardless of whether or not 
you have any down payment money right now, regardless of whether or not you have any experience. We're going to show you the roadmap on how to get there, regardless of how much passive income you want to earn per month, whether it's five or 10 or 15 or $20,000 plus. Uh, the second thing we're going to do is we're going to review our agent partnership program and give you some information, not only how, on how to get started, but also to find killer deals to partner with us on. Most of you who are listening to this already know about our agent partnership program, but high level summary is for any agent that finds us a deal, a property for us to flip. We will actually put up all the money. We will do 100% of the renovation of the, of the property, and then we will split the profit with the agent that referred us a deal. Yes, you heard that right. All that you have to do to get 50% of the profits of a fix and flip deal which right now is averaging $80,000. We just reran our numbers. Our profit per deal actually went up on some of our agent partner deals. It's averaging close to $80,000. So most agents that we're working with, we are cutting checks for somewhere around $40,000, plus or minus 20 grand, depending on how well the project does. All that you need to do is to refer us a deal. At the event, we're gonna show you how to find those deals without spending a ton more time, efforting energy. And the last thing that we're going to do is we're going to do a walkthrough of a passive income deal that we just completed and are currently leased up. It's a 19-unit apartment building in Wakefield, Massachusetts. We're going to show people how we did that deal. We're going to show people how they can get involved, again, whether or not you have money or not. And it's going to be the end of the event where we're going to do that property tour. Okay? So again, if you're interested in learning more about the event or potentially registering, just go to www.agentinvestorevent.com. Go there now. Uh, it is uh, Seating is limited in the hotel to 50 people. We're, we're actually planning for it to be a little bit smaller of an event because we're doing that property tour. We can only have so many people go through that property. All right, so the topic for today, why we don't buy properties on the MLS. With the agent partnership program going, we're getting more and more people reaching out to us about why we don't buy deals on the MLS. In fact, you know, when, when I talk about the agent partnership program a lot, most people don't understand that the deals have to be off market. And sometimes I clarify that when I post or send an email or talk to people. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't do the best job of explaining exactly what we're looking for or what needs to happen. I quite often uh, get an agent either asking me why we don't buy properties on the MLS or did you see this property on the most multiple listing service? And I'm going to tell you why we don't buy properties on the MLS, why we don't look at them, and kind of what you can gain from this information on your own investing decision making um, in general. The analogy that I've always given and, and if you've ever come to one of my events, you might have heard this analogy in the past. But I, I look at the multiple listing service versus off-market deals, uh, kind of like fishing in two different ponds. And pond number one, the MLS or the multiple listing service, is a pond where you've got 100 uh, fishermen all trying to catch one or two fish. So pond number one, there's 100 people around a really crowded pond. There's two fish in there. They're all trying to catch this, the same couple of fish. And in general, when there are so many people after just one or two fish, there's going to be a lot of people who don't get anything. 
That's what I would kind of define as the MLS, pond number one. Pond number two is a pond where there's, instead of 100 fishermen, there's 100 fish and there's two people fishing. Obviously, you know, with that analogy, you can kind of see if you're needing to eat today, if you're needing to eat a fish today, what pond you might want to fish in. Like, do you want to fish in a pond where there's 100 people trying to catch two fish? Or do you want to fish in a pond uh, where there's 100 fish and there's two people trying to catch them? That is the difference between the multiple listing service and getting deals off market. Because a lot of times when I tell people that you can't get deals on the MLS or we don't buy deals on the MLS, I will oftentimes get the argument that they've bought a deal on the MLS and it was a good deal. Or maybe they know somebody who bought a deal on the MLS and they made money. So by giving this pond analogy of pond number one, where there's 100 fishermen trying to catch two fish, it illustrates the point that buying properties on the MLS, it is not that you can't ever get a good deal on the multiple listing service, right? Um, I would never speak in terms of anything being 100%. But when I look at running a legitimate business, where am I going to try to fish? Am I going to try to fish in the pond where it's really easy for me to catch fish? Or am I going to fish in the pond where it's really hard for me to catch fish? Now, when I have this conversation with people, a lot of times when they you know, ask me individually, it takes a while for kind of that to, that to set in. But I, I can assure you that the odds of you getting a great deal on the multiple listing service are far less than if you were to get it off market. Okay. What is the reason for that? You know, again, with the analogy of pond number one and pond number two, it's just simply the difference in the competition. So as simple as this is, right, what is the actual, what is the main purpose of the multiple listing service? I'm sure there are people smarter than me that could probably go into more detail than this. But when I look at putting a property into the MLS, the multiple listing service, I put a property into the MLS what I expect out of the MLS, what I think the main function of the MLS is to do is to make sure that as many people as possible know that that property is for sale. And the multiple listing service does a really good job of that. Because not only when you put a property on the multiple listing service, does every single person who's registered in the MLS get a notification potentially, but it also syndicates out to all of the websites that are online. So by entering some information into the MLS, some property information into the MLS, and by clicking a post button, that property gets syndicated. That property gets pushed pretty much everywhere. So anyone and everyone who is looking for a property anywhere near that is going to see it. And, and that's where we get the analogy of the 100 people fishing. In reality, when we look on the multiple listing service, in many cases, it's far more than 100 matches that it's going to. So again, what does that mean? That simply means that, again, when we're looking at it from the perspective of trying to get a great deal, it is very, very challenging to get a really good deal if the property's on the multiple listing service. So when an agent or anybody reaches out to me and they say, hey, um, what you know? Look at this property. You have to understand that that agent is not the only one sending somebody that that listing. So how many eyeballs get on those properties? It's hard to say. But even if you just kind of look at a property that you've listed in the MLS, and then if you just go like to a Zillow.com and you look up how many saved 
how many times that property was saved? I think we listed a home over the weekend that got 200 saves. So what does a save mean to me in Zillow? It means somebody that probably is thinking about attending an open house, right? So if we have 200 people that save a property, that probably means that 200 people are somewhat interested in that property. Okay, again, that's pawn number one. Pawn number two is off market. Now, some of us know how we get deals off market. Some of us don't. Again, if, you, if you're interested in learning how to find more off-market deals to partner with us on or to do deals yourself, make sure that you're registered for our upcoming event at www.agentinvestorevent.com. But there's a lot of different ways that you can obtain off-market deals. Could be a listing appointment that you went on. It could be another agent in your office that has a coming soon. It could be a mailer that you sent. It could be a call that you made. It could be a, a door that you knocked on you know, a ton of different ways to get these opportunities. But in general, and let's make this as simple as sending a mailer. If I send a mailer to somebody and I go on an appointment where they have seen my mailer, called my my office, and we've gone out to that property, typically we're not the only ones that are actually going to see that house. They might call just me, but a lot of times they're going to call me and maybe one or two other people. Now compare the odds of me buying that property right? Where one or two or three people have seen it as compared to the multiple listing service that might have 200 saves. Again, you can see where in real life, the analogy of pond number one, where a hundred people are fishing for two fish and pond number two, where two people are fishing for a hundred fish really comes into play. Now, as I say this, I'm sure that most people that are listening can understand this, you know, from a certain level, right? But there, there's actually there's more components to this because at the end of the day, my company buys 100 plus properties per year. We're actually looking to do more. You know, so we are very aggressive and active and out there trying to get as many deals as possible. So another point that I would just like to make in general is that if you could get really good deals on the multiple listing service, I would be doing it. That's what I do, right? So we're very good <clears throat> at buying and fixing and flipping properties. So if, if, it, if it was something that worked, we would also be doing it. But I'm going to take it a step further. And I'm going to tell you all you know, a story of another point to kind of illustrate this. Of course, I do think I'm an expert in the field, you know, the, the residential real estate field. I do think I know what I'm doing. I do think we, we have a good amount of success and we do a good job and we teach people how to invest the right way. But I'm always open to try something. I'm always open to criticism, always open to feedback, because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily want to be right. I want my business to operate the right way. So I had posted something um, in the beginning of the summer of 2023 that effectively said that you can't get deals on the multiple listing service. And somebody that I know who's an investor in California, you know, replied on my post basically giving, you know, like a dissertation on why I was wrong. And they said that they had created a system that would allow anybody to find deals on the multiple listing service. And undoubtedly, the way that I buy homes and, you know, how I do things, it would produce somewhere between one to four deals per month if I use their system. Now, keep in mind that this person is someone I would consider a friend, somebody that I don't think would mislead me purposely. And so I listened to what they had to say. I got on a call with him. He showed me the system that he used. 
in order to buy properties on the MLS. And I said, you know what? If if I'm right, then it's going to cost me a little bit of money to use the system and a little bit of my time. But if he's right, I'm going to get one or two or three more deals per month. So I kind of looked and I weighed that out and I said, you know what? I'm going to take this chance. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the, the I I hope his system works well enough to allow me to buy properties on the MLS and I'm, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it an honest effort. I'm going to I'm going to use the system for 4 or 5 months to see what the results are. And I I'm going to tell you now what the results of that was. Over a 4 to 5 month period, we made over 2000 offers on properties that were listed on the multiple listing service and we bought no houses. None. In fact, what we did in reality was actually make most agents kind of mad because I've got a brokerage with, you know, 400 plus agents because I have an agent partnership program where I partner with agents on deals. The last thing I want to do is make, you know, my local, you know, New England agent community annoyed by me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, but I don't want to purposely annoy them. And I would say the result of it was that there was a lot of time wasted on both sides, both in us making offers and talking to agents about why our offers were what were where they were and ultimately not buying any properties. I do want to just, you know, in full disclosure, you know, tell you the full results of this test, you know, over 2000 offers over a four to five month period. We did get a couple of sellers who were interested in taking our offer, but the agent had reached out. And after doing, you know, a quick glance of, of the offer that we made, we ended up not moving forward um, with those deals. What I find a lot on the multiple listing service with air quotations deals are that they tend to be houses that nobody wants. And I'll give you just one simple example of that. One property we got under agreement looked like a great deal on paper. The numbers made sense. I think we had the right comps. And it, it turns out that the ceilings um, on the first floor were six feet, five inches. I'm not a tall guy. I'm probably scratching 5'10 at best. That means that if I put my hand up, like I can touch the ceiling easily. So long story short, it turned out to be a property that, you know, it, it, the ARV was wrong because of something we didn't know. We didn't realize the ceilings were that low before we got our before we got a seller interested in taking our offer, which then, of course, led to not a great relationship with that agent. Like, why did you put a proper, an offer on the property without doing enough due diligence? When agents will tell me, hey, like, this is a great deal, you know, take a look at it. This is one of the reasons why, you know, I don't want to look at MLS properties and why also I pretty much advocate that nobody does. Like nobody that wants to do quick turn flips, you know, buys properties on the MLS. I'm going to say one more thing, though. Because sometimes people will say, well, if I'm going to do a long-term buy and hold, who cares? Like, I mean, who cares if it's on the MLS or not? While I do think that buying a multifamily property or a, or, or a rental property on the MLS is slightly better because you have that long-term window, I do want to give one compelling argument as to why we never used to buy properties on the multiple listing service. And that reason is because there's usually no built-in equity. So again, 
my my overarching theme here is it's hard to get a discounted property on the multiple listing service because there's so much competition. If you are paying top dollar for that rent that piece of rental real estate and your objective is to burr or buy the property, renovate it, rent it, uh, refinance and repeat, in order to do the refinance part, you have to have enough equity in the deal. Well, if you bought that property for top dollar and then a year or two later, you go to refinance it, in a lot of cases, you may not be able to refinance and get your money back out and then buy another house. And I'm not going to cover the Burr strategy in detail here because that would be a whole other you know, uh, separate conversation. But in general, like I don't even like it typically for buying long-term assets either because if your plan is to buy a bunch of them and you are following the burst strategy and you're paying top dollar, it's going to be really, really challenging. I think at a high level, you know, I think most of these points probably resonate with most people, right? Like why wouldn't you buy a property on the MLS? But I, I even want to go a little further, you know, again, you know, because in a lot of cases, somebody will say, well, yes, I get, you know, why in a lot of cases, there'd be a lot of competition. And you couldn't buy a property on the MLS because there's so many people bidding on it. But what about the properties that need a lot of work? Like, what about the properties that you look at and they need 100000 in repairs? Can't you get a great deal on those type of properties? And again, my answer to that is still going to be no. And I, I'm going to explain why. So you have two major problems with houses that need a bunch of work on the multiple listing service two competitors that you may not be thinking about on the multiple listing service that I would be cautious of. So, you know, you might think if a property is listed on the multiple listing service and it needs a bunch of work, well, of course, somebody's going to need to buy that property at the right price. They're going to need to renovate it. They're going to need to resell it and they're going to need to make money. But that's not always true. And these two types of competitors that I'm going to talk about, you may not even be aware that you're competing with. The first competitor for those type of properties that need a bunch of work are just the people that want to live in them long term. Because inventory is so scarce right now all across the country, there are very few markets where there is enough supply of inventory to meet buyer demand. You are having buyers consider doing renovation loans. You are having buyers consider using their money to renovate these properties that need a ton of work. I've personally seen it. I mean, I know it's happening, but I've personally seen it in my own neighborhood. Properties that need $200,000 worth of work. And I am seeing my neighbors, I'm seeing people on my street, I'm seeing people in my neighborhood buy those houses. And, and at first glance, you would say, how could a regular you know, home buyer ever pull this off? But they are. You know, they're They're selling their property. They're using equity from that property. They are you know, tapping into their savings, they are doing renovation loans, and they're managing the construction on these properties. Now, do they want to do that? No, they don't. But because they may not have any other options, like if you want to move into a certain neighborhood, and the only property that's available is a property that needs a ton of work, well, you might be willing to make that sacrifice and do that. And I'm seeing that in my neighborhood, but it's also happening all over the country. And the second group of people that you're competing with are people that are just dying to do a deal. And those people are dangerous, not only because they're at risk of losing their own money, 
but they also make it very challenging for other people in the market. It's not uncommon, even for an off-market deal, for us to go out to make an offer and for somebody on my team to tell me, well, you know, we, we must be undervaluing this property. Will I admit to the fact that there have been cases where we've been wrong over what we think the property is going to sell for? Yes. But more often than not, we're really good at running ARV comps. We're really good at figuring out what the property is worth. And most of the time, that other person who outbid us, especially if they outbid us by a good amount, is not going to make any money. Now, that's not their objective, right? They, their objective is not to go out, buy a property and make no money or lose money or only make $5,000 for a six-month renovation. But they got misinformation, right? Or they made a mistake or they were willing to gamble or they were dying to do their first deal. So they just did it. So a lot of this all boils down to the point I made kind of in the very beginning, which is like the supply and demand dynamics of pawn one and pawn two are so out of whack that if you are in pawn number one and you're trying to catch one of two fish and you're competing with a hundred people, you're almost never going to win. I do want to make one last point on this though, which is that this is market dependent. So when I first started investing, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, you know, in the beginning phases, you could buy deals on the multiple listing service and make money. It was so different because guess what? Pawn number one and pawn number two didn't look that much different. In pawn number one in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah, there were probably still 100 people fishing. Actually, there were less people fishing because people were having harder times getting loans. We just went through a big recession. So actually in 08, 09, 010, 11, instead of having 100 people fishing, the demand, the buyer demand was down. Maybe you had 50 people fishing, but you had like 50 fish in, in the pond. There were so many distressed assets. There were, there were foreclosures, short sales. You could buy properties at auction. And there was actually such, there was such supply of distressed assets that in fact, you really didn't even need to go off market, right? As I say that we don't buy properties on the MLS, I, I don't mean that you can't ever get a deal on the MLS. And I don't mean that we won't ever buy a property on the MLS ever again. It's not like this hard and fast rule. I am certainly, um, my objective is not to say, oh, I don't want to buy properties on the MLS or I do want to. I don't have anything against a house on the MLS versus not. but when we are operating our business, we want to make sure that we're profitable and have the best chance of being profitable. Okay. And then one, one more thing that I just thought of that I want to hit on is just the reliability of, of the business, um, the reliability of getting deals. So the other thing about buying a property on the MLS versus not is we know that for every few appointments that we, that we go on, we're going to get a great deal. So if we get three or four or five appointments face-to-face -face with the seller for a property that's not on the MLS, we're going to get an opportunity, a great investing opportunity. Whereas we really don't know how many deals we could potentially get on the MLS. So when we're operating our business and we need to flip between 10 and 15 houses per month, we can't flip, you know, it goes along with all the stuff about getting off the real estate roller coaster. 
Like we want to have a dependent and predictable business. And by going on the MLS, even though that there might only be two fish in pond number one out of those hundred fishermen, you might still catch a fish every once in a while, but it's not going to be a reliable and consistent thing. So for me, and I'm advocating this to everybody who's listening, I would never want to run a business based on chance. I want to run a business that has the highest probability of achieving the results that I want day in and day out, month in and month out. So with all that being said, I hope that this, you know, long-winded, you know, um, episode helps everybody kind of understand why we don't look at properties on the MLS. We don't look at it because the odds of success are so low. We want to give ourselves the highest probability of success as possible. Same reason why I wouldn't advocate everybody going to the casino tonight. Like, could you go to the casino and win? Yeah, maybe. But over the long haul, you're probably going to lose more than you're going to win. It's the same thing. Like, I, I don't advocate following strategies where your odds of success are so low. I would always want to put myself in a position where I can control my business each and every month. I can make it predictable. I know I can achieve the result I want most months and most years. And for that reason, we won't be looking at properties on the MLS until the market changes. Should there be a big flood of supply onto the market? Should something else dramatically change where it does make sense and it is profitable to look on the MLS? Yes, I will change my tune. I will alert every single person that is on my email list, listens to the podcast, comes to our events. Of these changes, you know, we'll we'll make adjustments accordingly. And with that being said, you know, when I talked about registering for our event at www.agentinvestorevent.com, I talked about it being limited to the first 50 people who register, just because in this situation we are going to be doing a property tour and we literally can only fit like 50 people into the apartments. But with that being said, one of the reasons that it makes sense to always come to our events versus listening to a podcast or showing up to something online or reading an email is everything that you see in person is always going to be up to the date accurate. So I'm not saying this will happen. It probably won't happen. But if in two months from now, the market dramatically shifts and we're now buying properties on the multiple listing service and you hear me from six months ago talk about how we never buy properties on the MLS, you've got outdated information. So everything that we're doing live, in person, is up to the date. And beyond that, showing up, connecting with other agent investors, other people on the same mission. I've said this a million times, you're the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. I'm not saying to ditch the friends that you currently have, but I am saying to expand your circle and to get around other people on the same mission. It's going to make your life 10 times easier. So I hope that everybody who's listening now will register for our event at www.agentinvestorevent.com. And we'll see you guys hopefully in March. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. If you guys ever do have any ideas or suggestions on topics that you'd like me to cover, please feel free to reach out to me directly at any time. And related to the agent uh, partnership deal that we have where we put up the money, uh, we do the renovations, and we split the profits 50-50 typically cutting agents checks for $25,000, dollars $35,000, $45,000. The very best way to let me know about a deal is to send me a friend request to follow me on Facebook 
at Tommy Caffarella, T-O-M-M-Y, and then my last name, C-A-F-A-R-E-L-L-A, and then to send me a message on Facebook. Yes, it might be a little bit unconventional, but that is something I check almost every single minute of every single day because I, I operate uh, a lot of stuff that I do on the coaching side for the inner circle uh, via Facebook Messenger. So don't be shy. Um, send me a friend request and then send me a message on Facebook Messenger. It is the absolute easiest way to get me. All right, guys. Hope you guys got some value out of this and we'll be back again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.